Hey, it's Ophira Eisenberg, host of Ask Me Another. Join Jonathan Colton and me at the Bell House on Monday, June 8th, as we put the star of The Chris Gethard Show, Chris Gethard, in the puzzle hot seat. Go to amatickets.org. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Our VIP has been acting since she was 11 years old. Now she plays the chief of staff to the vice president on the hit HBO series Veep. And you know, when I watch Veep, I just find it so relatable. You know, powerful women in control, making big decisions. It's like I'm looking in a mirror. As a host of an NPR show, I know, I know what it's like. People always coming to you, looking for answers. I too dress primarily in power suits, in strong jewel tones. And like it or not, part of my job is to tell a lot of people that they're wrong. And it is fun. I can't wait to talk shop with our VIP. It's Anna Klumsky. Our first game is called Give Em the Go Ahead, and here to play it is Jeff Souls and Emily Langowitz. <laughs> Jeff, your hobby is poetry. I enjoy that. Thank you, so do I. Uh, what kind of poetry, what topics are you writing about? Uh, to be honest, I think doggerel is probably a more appropriate term. Sure. Okay. So we've covered such issues as... Well, once I like somebody... you took nerdiness and then you just, whoa, made it way more uber nerdy. <laughs> Emily, speaking of nerdy things, used to try to fake sickness to get out of Hebrew school. Yes. <laughs> and your dad would bribe you with puzzles and NPR shows. Correct. And waffles. And waffles. <laughs> Which was a key component. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to put those in order. Uh, What NPR shows? Uh, We listened to a lot of car talk. Yeah. Which my my dad enjoyed because he um, likes to try and fix everything in our family. Yeah. And his solution is usually just like hit it a lot or um, take it apart and then put it back together and press the power button again. My grandparents think he's a genius because it always works. (laughs) Well, maybe he has a true method. Okay, well, you both seem tough. Uh, do we? Nope. But this game, we're going to uh, get into your inner tough guy, because you know Clint Eastwood's character, Dirty Harry, and his famous line, go ahead, make my day. So you are going to live the dream, and you are going to deliver that line, ask me another style, because the answers in this game will be words or phrases that rhyme with day. So let's go to our house musician, Jonathan Coulton, for an example. So if I said... Do you want me to tie together a bunch of beautiful flowers for you? You would answer, go ahead, make my bouquet. Do you feel lucky, puzzle punks? (laughs) Do ya? Because the winner will move on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Ready? You got it. Okay, I want to hear some good impressions. Can I prepare a palate-cleansing frozen dessert made of fruit or fruit juices? Emily. Go ahead, make my sorbet. Yeah! I would serve you some dirty berry. (laughs) Should I sew together a hairpiece so you can cover your bald spot? 
Emily. Go ahead. Make my toupee. Yes. How about if I chop up some goose liver and mix it with fat so you can spread it on crackers? Jeff. Go ahead. Make my pate. Oh, yeah. Should I put together a bunch of top-secret papers containing detailed information about you in a fancy French file? Emily. Go ahead. Make my cachet. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. That is not what we are looking for. Jeff, do you know what it is? Go ahead. Make my dossier. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want me to craft you something out of yarn using a needle with a hook at the end of it? Emily. Go ahead, make my crochet. (laughs) Yeah! I think in the winter, Dirty Harry could use a gun cozy. (laughs) He could. You can't, because you can't let your gun get too cold. They're very cold. Yeah, they're They're very hard to shoot when they're cold. (laughs) Should I give your doctor the small fixed amount required by your health insurance for an office visit? (laughs) Jeff. Go ahead, make my copay. Indeed, that is correct. As a Canadian, I did not know that word until I moved here. It's true. I didn't know what that meant. I had to learn that word, and I didn't know filibuster. That was the other word I did not know. Also new to you. Should I sculpt you something out of pulp mixed with water, glue, and other stuff that hardens as it dries? Emily, go ahead. Make my paper mache. Exactly. This is your last clue. How about I create an actress... It's a stretch, I admit. (laughs) And give her an Oscar for her role in My Cousin Vinny. Jeff. Go ahead. Make Marissa Tomei. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's go to our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska. Greg, how did our contestants do? Well, actually, Ophira, Jonathan, contestants, we have a tie. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. So I will give you a tiebreaker question, and whoever answers this correctly will be our winner. What if I create for you a candy bar made from chocolate, nougat, and caramel and name it after a spiral galaxy with over 100 billion stars? Emily? Go ahead. Make my Milky Way. That is correct. And you'll be moving on to the Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Emily. this game called I'm Quitting the Band. Let's say hello to our next contestants, Mary Cass and Aaron Ash Sullivan. I don't know if either of you have ever quit a band, but if you have, I want to know about it. Aaron, have you ever quit a band? Uh, I was asked to leave a band. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, at least least you know. Uh, What happened? Um, a million years ago, I was in a band here in New York, and we got to the point where we were playing relatively cool venues like CB's and uh, Bitter End. Yeah. Um, but our credibility was um, besmirched because I was an <coughs> elementary school teacher by day, and my <laughs> my third graders would periodically show up at the shows. <laughs> That's how relaxed the ID policy was at CBGB's? It was them and my mom and then some dudes with piercings. It was awesome. 
Mary, have you been in a band? Um, I actually just joined a band. Oh, really? So I had to quit my last band, which was me playing alone in my room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that you called that a band. <laughs> uh, and, and what what you play something? Yes. What do you play? I play bass. What's the name of your band? Um, we're called Tanya Harding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and at the moment, we have zero gigs. You have zero gigs. <laughs> But they'll all go fine. Right. That's what we know for sure. <laughs> okay, well, as you know, it's hard to keep a good band together because you keep losing members all the time. Look what happened to Van Halen, right? Hagar was no Diamond Dave. But in this game, we're actually going to take the names of famous bands and then drop a letter to make a whole new band. Jonathan, can you give us an example, please? Sure. So if I said, when you walk like an Egyptian, do it while making tight 90-degree turns... You would say, the angles. So the first part of the clue will clue the band. So you'll hear half the clue will be like, walk like Egyptians, so you go with the bangles. And then there'll be a clue to the second part, which will be 90 degree turns, angles. <laughs> Feel free to talk it out, and the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show. Seven Nation Army couldn't stop this duet from selling out to a Crest bleaching product. Mary. Ah, uh, the white strips? The White Strips, yeah. Even as a small child, Rosanna could bless the rains down in Africa. Mary. Uh, tot? Tot, right, <laughs> Toto turns to tot, exactly. Tater tots are my favorite kind of tot, just for the record. <laughs> Not children. <laughs> if you had to choose, you would actually pick a tater tot over a child? You monster. I, I, when I hear Todd, I think tater tots. Yeah, I wasn't well, thinking sure. children. I don't blame you. Kids are awful. <laughs> Your papa loves to keep on trucking to his jam rock, even though he's got a touch of gray in his hair. Your papa loves to keep on trucking to his jam rock, even though he's got a touch of gray in his hair. Hi, puzzle guru, Greg Pliska. Well, the clues are trucking, <laughs> jam rock, and touch of gray. Those all relate to the band. And Papa is the clue to the revised version of the band, wherein you take one letter from the original name of the band. Mary. Is it the Grateful Dad? Grateful Dad. <laughs> Thank you. That was the worst hint Happy to help. of all yeah, time. I just read the question Grateful really Dad. slowly. That's all you do. The psycho killer grabs the craniums of his victims, then he destroys the rest of the evidence by burning down the house. The taking heads? Mary with taking heads is correct. In the land down under, the members of this 80s Australian band are now employed as chefs in a Chinese restaurant. Aaron. Men at walk. Men at walk. <laughs> yep, learned your favorite band. Aaron, I saw the expression on your face. You saw that one coming from yeah. a mile away. All right, this is your last clue. Mr. Jones and me, we like to stare at the beautiful bovines. They're mooing at you. No, no, no. They're mooing at me. <laughs> Mary. Is it the counting cows? <laughs> counting cows, yes, that's right. 
A tough game, Greg Pliska, puzzle guru, hint giver extraordinaire. <laughs> How did I our contestant? Without, uh, unlike Tanya Harding, she didn't have to take a crowbar to her opponent. <laughs> Mary is our winner. Thank you both, and we'll see you in the final round, Mary. Coming up, we'll talk to our VIP about Veep, the HBO series she stars in. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. honest with me. Are you a music nerd or are you a fledging music nerd who wishes that they knew even more about what's out there? Well, All Songs Considered, the podcast from NPR Music is here to help you. All Songs Considered is NPR's music discussion and discovery podcast. Each week, Bob Boylan and Robin Hilton share the best of the best new and upcoming music and lots and lots of songs that you will fall in love with. So find new All Songs episodes every Tuesday at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. This episode and the following message are made possible by the digital music service, Ardio, announcing Ardio Select, a new subscription plan for mobile listeners. With Ardio Select, hear ad-free stations powered by over 35 million songs and choose 25 of your favorite songs to download and listen to anytime on mobile and other devices. Find out more at rdio.com select. You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me right now is our very important puzzler, Chief of Staff Amy Bruckheimer on the HBO series Veep. Please welcome Anna Klumski. Wow. Hello. Hey, this Anna. Is neat. Would you agree that we're in the golden age of television when it comes to writing roles for women in comedy? Because now the characters don't have to please people. They are entitled. They're ambitious. They're snide. They're, you know, Larry David-esque. Yeah, I think that we're, uh, we're kind of in the next... Uh, maybe phase of uh, of expanding the repertoire for female characters, where um, you know we needed to prove that we could be smart and powerful for a while, and now we can prove that we can be p- smart, powerful, and flawed, um, which <laughs> which I think is even more honest. So it's a good thing to be an actor on TV these days. And when you guys are doing these scenes, which are hilarious, uh, I love the the process isn't so much improv during the scene, but you guys do something different. You you workshop we get to it? workshop the episodes. Yeah, that's um, that's from. From the uh, the Armando Yunucci kind of school of uh, of comedy, where um, he really uh, believes that the the truthful, spontaneous moment uh, and, and is is the funniest, and so we all get to get to go around and, and read whatever draft of the script we have, and then we get on our feet, and he kind of throws scenarios at us. And we just workshop them, and then more often than not, you'll you'll see what we come up with in those workshops and in, in the the final drafts. So. It's super. It's really, it's a really generous process. Have you had people in your roles in the U.S. government come to 
the set or to talk to you about the show? We do have, yeah, there's, there's a great uh, reception uh, among staffers, among, among elected officials. People love the show. They, I think, they, I think it's a nice thing to give people a chance to laugh at themselves and their daily. But do they find the portrayal is accurate? Yeah. I mean, oh, they, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Frighteningly so. I mean, that, that's what they say. I, that, that's, I think, what, what people like to say most often to us is they're like, you have no idea how right you're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're slinging around those great insults. Yeah. And, well, I, yeah, I, I, I can only presume that they uh, aspire to. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, because some of the uh, language is incredible on the show. Very, very floral. Now, you have a kind of an intro. <laughs> floral is perfect. <laughs> oh, my God, we should use that word on public radio constantly. <laughs> floral language. Floral language. Uh, you had an interesting trajectory because you were a child star from the movie My Girl, and then you... I wouldn't say star. Maybe I, <laughs> I don't know if I got... Yeah, but... Well. I think the woos say star. Well, thanks. I think the woos say star. Then you leave acting, you actually go into publishing. Yes. Briefly. Yes. What inspired you to get back into the acting game? I, I was living in New York and I was getting to see a lot of really great Broadway at the time. And, and um, I saw uh, The Goat or Who is Sylvia by Edward Albee. And Mercedes Rule just killed it. She just was so amazing in that role. And I just, I stood up and, and I was after, at the bows and I was just like, I have to do that. I have to, I have to communicate that good of a text to an audience someday. Like, that's what I have to do. And I'm sure people along the way wanted you to get back into it. Yes. Oh, everyone. Yeah, lots of people. There was a month where I think I was really open to, oh, what should I do with my life? And, uh, and that's when, you know, you would get, like, little signs from, from universe or above or whatever you like want what? to say. Like, I was, I was uh, editing a science fiction uh, short story collection by Harlan Ellison, and he told me on the phone I should, be, I should get back into it. I mean, I, I had no idea he knew who I what what. <laughs> okay. And then uh, I, I was getting my nails done at a, at a nail salon, and Roberta Flack was there. And I, this is New York. You know, yeah, people yeah, yeah. get their nails done. And uh, and the and I met her and she she knew what I had done as a kid and so she was like you want to go you should go back in and I was like I'm done, and she gave me this look like honey like you're done come on like she gets gave me and I was like she you know, shamed you yeah kind she of but you. like you know in that really nice like uh, encouraging way mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> oh and, and then the the kicker was I um I was crying a lot at this time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because I just didn't know what to do with my life. You know, I was, I was editing science fiction and fantasy at HarperCollins, and, um, which is a really cool job, but I was still so unhappy, and I didn't know why. So I was on my lunch break, and there was this psychic who always, like, was post outside of the office building, and she followed me, and she tapped me on the shoulder, and I'm like, what? And she says, uh, you know, you're the girl for my girl. I'm like, yeah, big psychic, you, you know, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, um, and she says, you, you know, you're not done. You still want to do this. And it just kind of stirred a thing, you know. So I was like, oh. So I paid her 40 bucks for a 10-minute palm reading. Well, we are very glad, uh, collectively, that you went with what that psychic and Roberta Flack. Uh, as am I, as am I. Thank you. Okay, we are going to subject you to your own Ask Me Another Challenge a little later in oh, the show. You. But okay. right now, you are going to help us out with a phoner game. Yippee. So our next contestant is on the line. Hello, you're on Ask Me Another. Hi, it's Ellen Morris from Louisville, Kentucky. Hello, Ellen Morris. Welcome. Do you watch Veep? 
Oh, I love Veep. It's hilarious. Oh, thanks. Now, Ellen, you have some experience uh, in political campaigns. You volunteered for them? Yes. What would you say makes up the perfect candidate? Well, it doesn't hurt if they're good-looking like Sarah Palin, but it's better if they don't bring the crazy. <laughs> oh, careful. I may, that may be in a, in a future season. If yeah. I, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so Ellen, this game is called Random Questions with Anna Klumsky. We have asked Anna some random questions, simple things uh, that you wouldn't know the answer to. You just have to guess how she answered. For example, we asked her, what does she prefer, crossword puzzles or Candy Crush? What was your answer, Anna? Oh, I think I said crosswords. <laughs> well, how do you truly feel? Because I really feel? like both of them. Oh, you do? Yes, it was a hard, that was the hardest one. They play with different sides of your brain, right? Sure, and you know, you can do some on the train, but if, you're, like, if it's a crowded train, you can do Candy Crush with one hand, but you can't bring out your pencil because you could stab somebody. So you can't do a crossword. <laughs> That's your fear with the pencil? Stabbing? Yes. <laughs> Good. I really am. Okay, so all you have to do, Ellen, is guess how you think Anna answered, and if you get enough right, you will win a special Ask Me Another Prize. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. So Veep is famous for its creative insults. Which of these two Veep insults would Anna be more likely to use in real life? I don't have time to ignore you. <laughs> or you're mediocre. Of all of the ochres, you're the mediest. <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't have time to ignore you. Anna? I did waver on these as well, but I, but I, I am very busy. But I, I did <laughs> choose the second. But you are not mediocre for, for saying the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> Those were actually the only two insults that we could find that we could uh, actually Air. say it on public radio. Often. It happens often. Because we were talking about the very floral language. Floral when you language. leave the set, do you have to like wash out your mouth or something like that? You know, after? it's good because I have I have a little one, right? So I yeah, I've gotten very good at saying effing at home. I, I don't. It's, it's, it, I make myself laugh with the uh, I say bull shrimp a lot and like. <laughs> Which sounds so. like a lovely appetizer, by the way. All right, Ellen, you're doing great. Not to worry. Here's your next question. Someone bumps into Anna on a crowded street. What does Anna do? Does she apologize to the bumper, even though it wasn't her fault? Or does she bump the person back? Oh, gosh. You know, I'm going to say bumps the person back. Huh? I wish. <laughs> oh, God, I wish I had the balls. I, yeah, no, I, 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 more often than not, it's, you know, it's, oh, sorry, or excuse me, or maybe a snide excuse me, like, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Right? Or like, um, sorry. You know, that, yeah, it'll be, maybe it's a, maybe it's an emotional bump back. An emotional, <laughs> right, in my mind, yeah, I am I'm bumping, bumping you. you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, would Anna rather be Doctor Who's companion, Ellen, or a crew member on the Starship Enterprise? I'm going to go ahead and say a crew member on the Starship Enterprise because she's used to being part of a team in Veep. That's a great answer. <laughs> um, I said Doctor Who, but primarily, primarily because right now Peter Capaldi plays Doctor Who and yes. he wasn't in the loop with me and it would be nice to have a reunion. That's all. In the future and in the past. Ellen, you would have never known that, okay? <laughs> Sorry. All right, here is your final question, Ellen. 
Would Anna prefer her daughter to grow up to be an actress or go into politics? Oh, I'm going to say actress here. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Yay! That was a good finish. So even, so you were a child star, but left, but you would still wish that on someone, or is it just wish that on someone as an more adult? Than, as I an mean, not, oh, yeah, as no, an adult. I mean, I don't think, I don't think politician is necessarily a, as a child. A, as a child. They're getting younger. Yeah. They're getting they are, younger. And it's not, anyway. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're both very, you know, careers that are very, um, you know, tenuous and in the public eye and difficult and would be hard lives, but I feel like I'm just more accustomed and know show business better than I know um, politics, so I'd be able to, to hopefully guide her a little bit better. That's, that was my thinking. Yeah, that's this good. This is therapy. No, and Ellen got it right, which means, guess what? You won! <gasps> Yay! That's how it works here on Ask Me Another. Ellen, you won, and we are going to send you your very own Anagram t-shirt. Well done. Thank you so much, Anna. We will see you later in the show for your big challenge. Yipes. No, it's going to be great. Okay. How about a hand for Anna Klumsky? If you would like to be a contestant on Ask Me Another, just send us an email at askmeanother at npr.org. We will send you a quiz and find out whether you're a commander-in-chief of trivia or just a second banana. Our next game is called Back in Time. Let's say hello to our contestants, Craig Reisinger and Noah Weber. All right, guys, you both seem very smart. If you could go back in time, what is one thing from the present you would take with you? I'm going to start with Craig. Uh, Well, you know, the the first question is, can I bring an entire telecommunication infrastructure with me? But assuming that's that's not really an option, (laughs) my first thought immediately was just antibiotics. (laughs) Yeah, uh, the best invention from about 120 years ago. That's uh, antibiotics if it's a short trip, or instructions on how to make them if it's a long. You're hilarious. You went right for the pragmatism. You're like, I do not want to be sick in the past. It's a bad I'm, I'm deal. Gonna, yeah. All right. How about you, Noah? Um, embarrassingly, exactly the same. I once got cholera, and which is a very 19th century kind of disease. Sure. And how I did was, that happen? I was down in Haiti doing some uh, work after the hurricane. Okay. And uh, yeah, so but really, like that—that that was the very first thing. Penicillin, antibiotics. We've never seen each other before. We we did not consult on this. (laughs) All right, this is going to be a very even match. (laughs) You guys get to play the music game. You're in for a good time. Jonathan Colton, what are they going to be playing? Well, in honor of our long tradition of ruining perfectly good songs, we have turned our attention to a little band, a little outfit out of England called The Beatles. (laughs) We have rewritten their fantastic song, get back in a ruinous way to be about movie characters who want to get back to their own time period. So each verse is about a character or object in a movie that is out of time, and you have to tell me the movie. Are you ready? Yep. They are both equally ready. Equally ready. (laughs) Here we go. Marty must escape from Libyans in a machine of Emmett Brown's design. When he meets his mom in 1955, she thinks his name is Calvin Klein. Get back, get back, get back so they can make part two. Get back, get back, your mother has the hots for you. (laughs) Craig? Uh, Back to the future. That is correct. 
When Jonathan got to the lyric, thinks his name is Calvin Klein, you both nodded at the same time. Maybe these guys are the same person, just separated in time. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Noah, I have to warn you about some things. <laughs> so Noah, is you in the past? Is this I, what we've decided? I, I think clearly. <laughs> Noah's got, Noah's got his game face on. He's not <laughs> yeah, going to exactly. be distracted by this. Cyber dance systems, model 101's a cyber with a job to do. Travel back in time to murder Sarah Connor so her kid won't start a coup. Get back, get back. My thick accent you must forgive. Craig? Uh, the Terminator. The Terminator is correct. You didn't want to go, I'll be back. That is the best time-traveling slogan <laughs> of that all time. A, that would have been a good uh, lyric approach, yeah. Next time I'll let you review it before we... Uh... <laughs> get back, get back, get better or repeat this day. Get back. Get back, or punks at Tony's where you'll stay. Noah, oh, what, what is Groundhog Day? <laughs> or uh oh, do you want to rephrase your question in the form of an answer? <laughs> <laughs> I've been cramming a lot of Jeopardy. Let's go back Ground in time. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is correct. Did you just justify it by saying I've been watching a lot of Jeopardy? It gets in your head. It gets, it's weird. I know. You're like the 900th person that has come I, on our it's stage broken and record. done that. I've never, uh, never seen the show, so I don't... Uh... <laughs> Somewhere in Chicago, there's a magic mailbox traveling between two years. And pals may be lovers trying to get together every time it ends in tears. Lucky Sandra Bullock receives Get back, get back Love letters from Keanu Reeves <laughs> Noah, the lake house The lake house, yes Yeah I wasn't sure you were going to get that one, Noah Oh, Noah seems like a romantic uh, Keanu, all things Keanu All yeah. things Keanu Yeah Is that your blog? Is that your Tumblr? <laughs> <laughs> Tattooed. <laughs> it's a tattoo. <laughs> right above my nipple. That's what it says. All right, this is your last question. Get back, Cusack, to that old rundown ski resort. Get back, Cusack, jacuzzis aren't safe transport. Craig. Hot tub time machine. Oh, yeah, hot tub time machine. <laughs> that is the preferred method of travel, is it not? If you had to pick one. It's pretty comfy. That's, that's <laughs> it takes why. a while to get going, but it's worth it. And, and you see why we wanted the antibiotics. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. Those cesspool hot tubs. 
Greg Pliska, puzzle guru. How did these contestants do? Well, since he's from the future, it's no surprise that Craig knew more answers. So congratulations, Craig. You'll be our contestant in the final round. Coming up, we'll see if Anna Klumsky can tell the difference between a hobbit and a dwarf. And if you're listening to the show, there's an 88% chance that you're a Lord of the Rings super fan. So you really have something to look forward to. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Calling all music nerds once again, make sure you check out All Songs Considered, the podcast from NPR Music. All Songs Considered is NPR's music discussion and discovery podcast with Bob Boylan and Robin Hilton sharing the best of the best of new and upcoming music and lots of songs that you're going to fall in love with. So find new All Songs every Tuesday at npr.org slash podcasts and on the NPR One app. Welcome back to Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our house musician, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska. So every week on Facebook and Twitter, we ask our listeners to tell us an interesting piece of trivia that they have learned, true or false, we will figure it out. And Jessica Lapka from Silverthorne, Colorado, sent us a pretty great fact. Jonathan Colton. Yes. Apparently... Something really weird happens to you in space when you cry. When you cry? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I, I already don't like the sound of this. What do you think it is? First of all, I think we can all agree that crying in space is the saddest kind of crying. Because nobody cares. No one can hear you? No one can hear you? You're, far, you're literally as far away from home yep. as you could be. Cry your eyes out. It's cold. It's cold. Go ahead and cry. Yep. And moreover, because there's no gravity, geez, when you cry, <laughs> I can only imagine your face is covered in your own tears. <gasps> You're onto something there. It all clumps together. Because water, I, I don't know. You're think, like a scientist. I am a bit of a scientist. Well, and an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> so I would imagine when you cry, yeah. you know, the tears come out of your tear ducts, but they don't have any, anywhere to go. Really. No, they don't. They don't have a lot of momentum. It's not like they're shooting out of your tear ducts. Unless if, you're really upset. I mean, unless you're really upset. <laughs> if you're crying in a cartoon way and you're yeah. going boo-hoo, boo-hoo, and they're shooting out right. of your eyes, but just they're just the going to start floating all around you. <laughs> but if you're just depressed and alone in space. If you're a normal person with healthy tear ducts, <laughs> they're just going to kind of ooze out. So right. you're just going to have little water goggles around your eyes. It's going to be a very uncomfortable situation, in addition to the fact that you're already crying in space. Yeah. That's what happens to you in space. Your tears attack. You nailed it by talking it out that the tears do not stream down your face. They actually ball up, and if you don't wipe them away, they will blind you. Oh, my God. Your own sadness will take away your sight. As it happens, in 2001, a Canadian astronaut... Oh, typical. Oh, yeah. Chris I'm sorry, Hadfield... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he was on a spacewalk outside the International Space Station when uh, a drop of visor defogging solution got in his eye. 
But he started tearing up because there's zero gravity. The tears wouldn't fall down, so they just kept balling up and sticking to his eye. Uh, it blinded him in both eyes, and he couldn't wipe his face because he was in a spacesuit. Oh. But you figured it out. Yeah. Congratulations, Jonathan thanks, thanks. Colton. And thanks to Jessica Lapcap for sending that goodie in. We are about to put our VIP Anna Klumski in the puzzle hot seat, but first, for a game titled Ampers and What? Let's welcome Caitlin Millot and David Stevens. Caitlin, David, you both have spent time in academia. David spent 20 years as a theater professor. Caitlin, you're an academic dean right now. You guys could be like a TV duo. Could be a TV duo. You are a TV we duo. We are currently Absolutely. a TV duo. Yeah. The dean and the professor is what they call us. Yes. The dean and the professor? Yes. Okay. Yes. David, can you describe what, your character in one sentence, your half of the duo? What is, who are you in this? I'm a chemistry professor, and I take care of all the evidence and turn it over to the dean, who then knows what to do with it. Deans know everything. Okay. Thank you, yeah. David. Caitlin? Uh, what he said? Yeah. And also, I do the entertainment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. You guys have worked this out. I wasn't mm -hmm. expecting that. I really appreciate it. Now, you will notice from watching television that often TV execs kind of fold it in when naming their programs, like how hard was it to come up with Mork and Mindy? And we're going to quiz you on other TV show titles that are just two words plus an ampersand. But the clues will be impossible, and you will do very badly at this. <laughs> Great. That's the crime. That's the crime. <laughs> you, we're about to murder your spirits. That's right. Nice. Puzzle guru Greg Pliska, how about an example? Of course. Well, Caitlin and David, if I said actor Jude and a restaurant request, that would be law and order. Not impossible at all. Yeah, see, it's not so hard. So just tell us the real name of the show. The winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round. Here we go. Lock opener and fruit rind. Caitlin. Key and peel. You got it. A clever carnivorous mammal and pals. Caitlin. Fox and Friends? Yeah. Three-year-olds and Wonder Woman's headgear. Caitlin. Toddlers and tiaras. You are tearing it not up, Not that Caitlin. I watch that show. No, sure no, of course do. not. You would be a monster. Purely know about it from others. Yeah, you just heard about it. it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, just heard about it. What's more your wheelhouse? 16 and pregnant? Um... <laughs> Too close to the vest for me, Ophir. Uh, <laughs> I like it all. All television. All, 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 all television, television is great. All of that fine genre. I agree with I you. I must say. President Pierce and Wild Party. David. Uh, Franklin and Hatch. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Caitlin, do you know what it is? Franklin and Bash. Franklin and Bash is correct. David, don't feel bad. I've never seen that show myself. All I know is that a raging Franklin Pierce bash is going to be way better than a wig party. <laughs> wig a with big, an H. Wig party. Wig party. Electronic memory game and electronic memory game. <laughs> Caitlin. Simon and Simon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> is that a show? Yeah, that's a show. I know the game. Not anymore. I mean, it was. It was a show. <laughs> and uh, Simon used to be a, a, a video game, actually. I yeah. Think oh, the I, know the, I know the game. Oh, you game. know the game? The, the colors, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you know the game. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if it was a show. Do you know that game from as a child? Child slash teenager. Okay, yeah. Super cool teenager. Right, you bought it at Urban Outfitters. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I just had a great idea for a reality show. <laughs> yeah. It's called Simon and Simon, and it's Paul Simon and Neil Simon have to live in a house together. <laughs> yeah. And play that game the whole time. You have to play that game the whole time. <laughs> Beep boop. Male siblings and nuns. David. Brothers and sisters. That's right. <laughs> Voice amplifier and ecstasy. Caitlin. Not sure why I buzzed. Mm -hmm. um, I think I know. Oh, Mike and Molly. Yeah. <laughs> Half the audience is putting it together. That's right. This is your last question. The teachings of Buddha and the oldest Brady sibling. Caitlin. Dharma and Greg. That's right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Greg Pliska, how did our contestants do? Well, Caitlin, congratulations. We'll be moving on to our final round. Thanks. Please welcome back our very important puzzler, Anna Klumski. Anna, your game is called Veep of the Rings. <gasps> yes. It's a quiz about Lord of the Rings. Uh, and just like Frodo had Samwise to help him on his quest, you brought along Michelle, yes. your friend. Yes. Who's going to help you? Samwise. Okay. Michelle, are you a big Lord of the Rings fan? I am. Okay, good. <laughs> Said that interestingly. I know. Oh. Okay. Watched all of them yesterday. <laughs> We've been boning up, but we'll see how, how futile that may have been. How did you become a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan, Ugh. Anna? Well, originally, I mean, it's my dad's fault. It was always just kind of part of the, the Klumsky mythology. And then I think when I was 13, I was allowed to read The Hobbit. And then, I, and then I picked up Lord of the Rings through high school and college. So, And I'm, you know, the science fiction fantasy stuff. Right, you worked all... in that briefly at HarperCollins. You yes, were editing yes. that. So. I, think my, I think my interest in Lord of the Rings is what helped me get that job too. Yeah. Did you have a Lord of the Rings poster in your? Uh... Yeah. Actually. You did well, in your yeah. office. In my office, yeah. I decorated my office as if it was like a teenage bedroom. <laughs> I was really professional, but like I had a big Wolverine poster nice. and um, and a Princess Bride poster, and then I had every character from Lord of the Rings, but it was you know kind of like in a in a long. I don't know, like, like a, like a slide rule. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and I had that like over, you know, as a border, like a wallpaper border. It's just so awful. All right, well, this is perfect for you. <laughs> oh, God, uh, we'll if see. you guys get enough right, you win and ask me another prize. <gasps> okay, here we go. According to biographers, a Swiss postcard depicting a bearded figure with a wide-brim hat sitting on a rock and talking to a fawn was the inspiration for what major character? Gandalf? Yeah, Gandalf. Yes, exactly. You knew that little tidbit? Well, I didn't know that tidbit, but I, but I put it together. <laughs> Very good. This one is amazing. In the 1960s, which of these popular bands wanted to make a Lord of the Rings movie starring themselves and directed by Stanley Kubrick? Was it A, The Beatles, B, The Doors, or C, The Beach Boys? Mmm. I don't know. That's, you want you want to guess. be all of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Samwise doesn't know. <laughs> Samwise is not sure. Tom Bombadil. <laughs> we decided that that would be our, our go-to if we didn't know. Uh, it would be a Tom Bombadil would be our answer. Um, <laughs> um, I'm gonna. Mm, the Doors did a lot of drugs. Well, so did the Beach Boys. So did the Beatles. They yeah. all did drugs. <laughs> 
I'm going to say The Doors. I think that's a great guess. Ah. However, The Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Paul right. was going to be Frodo. <laughs> Ringo was going to be Sam. George would have been Gandalf. Well, he was always who, searching. And guess who John would be? Would be Gollum. Gollum. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I'm glad that didn't happen. I have to say. All right, when Tolkien was a professor at Oxford, he had a close but sometimes contentious friendship with C.S. Lewis. Oh, yeah. The author of The Chronicles of <laughs> Narnia. What character did Tolkien base off of Lewis's mannerisms including his booming voice and his constant throat clearing. <gasps> Gimli? Yeah? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. You guys got so excited, but no. because <laughs> Oh, because of the throat clearing. Yeah, which is actually written like in the books as such. So maybe more than one. Uh, the, he had a lot of he had a lot of people with chest congestion. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it, the book is basically about it, phlegm. It's, basically, it's a phlegmy. There, phlegmy, phlegmy is, it, is, it, yeah. is it phlegmship of the ring? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, the character's motto is "Don't be hasty." Do not oh, be hasty. Oh, okay. Treebeard. Oh, yes, yes, Treebeard. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. Okay. I, that is supposed to be C.S. Lewis. <laughs> really. Now, hobbits like to eat a lot. Yes. Six or seven meals a day, depending on whether you count dinner and supper as the same meal. What is the meal that falls in between second breakfast and lunch? Elevensies? Yes, yes, exactly. You don't need me. I don't right? She didn't need me. No, I don't it's know why wonderful. I'm here. You're validating every <laughs> instinct I have. A nod. All right, guess what? This is your last question. <gasps> oh! <laughs> I was enjoying myself. Okay. In the 2013 film The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, oh. what late-night funny man has a cameo as a spy in the village of Lake Town? Late-night funny man? It, is, is it Craig huge Ferguson? Lord of the Rings fan, no. No, oh, wait, oh, you said Colbert? No, no. Is he Colbert? in it? Is it Colbert? Yes, oh, no Stephen way. Colbert is Good in the movie. <laughs> that's wonderful. He finally got a part on something. But that's yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love no, the way but that's like that. if it's his dream, then he got. Then he, totally. you know, Oprah would say dream bigger because he has it. He's 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 gotten his dream now. Yes. Anyway, that is correct. That's fantastic. Right. You did amazing. So, so you guys won. Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> We're going to give you both anagram t-shirts, but clearly you do know your Lord of the Rings very well. Michelle, oh, you did a great job Thank of acting you. as backup. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much, Anna Klumsky. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back Emily, Mary, Craig, and Caitlin to play our Ask Me One More final round. Our puzzle guru, Greg Pliska, will take us out with this final round titled Wardrobe of Games. For this final round, every answer will contain an article of clothing or wardrobe accessory. So if I said colorful wasps, sometimes mistaken for bees, you would answer yellow jackets. Jackets being an article of clothing. Now we're playing this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer. And the last person standing will be our Ask Me Another grand winner. And for your prize, you will receive these special Veep commemorative coins that Anna Klumsky gives to the crew at the end of each season. Now remember, every answer will contain an article of clothing or wardrobe accessory. Ready? Yeah. All right, let's begin. Emily, Chelsea Clinton rescued this feline who became a resident of the White House. 
boots? No, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Mary, do you know the answer? Socks. Socks is correct. Emily, thank you so much. Sorry to see you go. All right, Craig. 80s sitcom about ex-hippies Stephen and Elise Keaton raising their children during the Reagan era. Family ties. That's correct. Caitlin. The common name for the bone in the leg known as the patella. The bone of shirts. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Mary, so do you know what bone in the leg is known as the patella? Uh, the shoe bone? No, I'm afraid that's not it. Craig, do you know the bone in the leg? Uh, the kneecap? Kneecap is correct. Craig, you are our winner. That was a crazy final round. Congratulations, Craig. You're our Ask Me Another Big Winner. Enjoy your grand prize. And one last hand for our VIP, Anna Klumski. That is our show. Thank you so much for playing. Check out our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you would like to step up your game and be a contestant, find us on Facebook or Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another. Come see us live. Just go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Greg Pliska. Hey, my name anagrams to Sparkle Gig. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung, with additional puzzle writing by Natasha Lake, Glenn McDonald, Noah Tarno, Mary Tobler, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, Eleanor Kagan, Denny Shin, and our intern Aaron James along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Okabe, and David Herkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, our VIP Doug Lyman, director of Swingers, Born Identity, and Edge of Tomorrow, talks about working with one of Hollywood's biggest movie stars. The only one that was more excited about killing Tom Cruise than me was Tom Cruise. <laughs> Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Game on. <laughs>